Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff, and joining me, as always, are my friends and co-hosts, Nick Martin and Tim Kalinowski. Today, we will preview a three-game slate uh, for Wednesday night, the last night before the All-Star weekend kicks off in Toronto, Thursday with the draft, Friday, uh, with the new fangled skills competition Saturday with the game. Uh, keep an eye on, on Twitter, I guess, because we won't have you know a lot of the props and stuff in the app, but uh, I think Nick will start game theorying up a bunch of picks uh, for, for those three events. So keep an eye uh, on Twitter for what we're going to be betting. Um, but we'll get to that later. Now let's do a uh, quick sprint through these three games. Uh, we'll start with Ottawa and Detroit. I think this game got very interesting on Monday night. When the Sens came back against the Predators, uh, Ottawa's plus one ten here. Detroit is minus one thirty, and a total of seven. This game is in Detroit. Detroit is a minus one thirty favorite. What that tells you is on neutral ice, these two teams, despite being nineteen points adrift in the standings, are being viewed by the betting market as bang equals. Uh, there is some nuance to that, but general that's like a general rule of thumb here. So that's really interesting, and I actually kind of like the Sens here because. I hate this cliche and we overuse it, especially at our company, um, more maybe than anybody. Uh, but it does feel like this could be a this is our Super Bowl moment for the Sens. Like you go into the break, you start you put together like a, what a five, two and two stretch or six, two and two stretch. Or the, the the Red Wings are the team you're chasing. You have some games in hand. And you can maybe convince yourself, oh, if we win this one and we come back, they do have a soft schedule on the other side of the break. We could get ourselves back into this like playoff mix it's not true of course but i think that's the motivational angle here and ottawa's been winning more lately than they were for a long time so for the 30th time this season i'm gonna say this is the last time if they prove me wrong here nick um, i'm done with the senators but i like them as a as an underdog here on the road yeah i wouldn't bet the wings but i'm not betting this and you could say all those things ahead of that rangers game where they got the rangers in the best spot ever and the line moved 60 cents and they're 
and ultimately they just completely collapsed, which we've seen a hundred times. They have <laughs> no idea how to play in the big moments. They finally did it versus the Preds, but who cares? And I mean, the hugest part of it, and you talk about that Rangers game, it shows exactly why. They're playing a perfectly fine game, and then Kreider muffin goes in from 70 feet out, and the game completely flips. So it's just maybe a stronger, more resilient team would have been able to you know, get a handle on it and get things under control, but they haven't done that this year, and the goaltending is just such a question mark. And you look at it, they're not going to own more of the play than they have this month. Like They're right there in terms of the underlying results with anyone in the league like they're pretty much at the top uh, in January so I can't do it I think the goaltending's too bad and that ties in uh there's six and a half out there at minus 135 minus 140 at the time of recording I would play those and then cut off at that I wouldn't do the seven as we've talked about that's a huge huge uh difference in in the percentage of the time you'll actually win um but I I do like the over here I think the narratives are just they're there right now. And then we look at the Detroit side of things. Um, I don't think they've defended overly well at all. And it's starting to show, right? You're really not going to get more from Lyon, who shout out to Alex Lyon. Like he's legitimately proving to be one of the most underrated goalies in the league over and over, dating back to the start of last year. But I mean, I think they're due to give up a lot more goals. And I almost believe in their offensive play more, as I've continued to say. I think they do some things well that they, I think they make life really tough on the opposition goalies. I think they're uh, going to continue to finish at a higher than league average rate. So I like the over here. I don't mind your Sens call. If I was going to do the Sens, I'd probably just go with the team total. I think, I don't know, like over three and a half is plus 100 at the time of recording. I think I would rather look at that than them to win. But I, guess, I don't know. It's hard to say. It just I, I, I've had enough of dealing with their goalies, and it just feels like somehow, some way, they're gonna everything's always gonna go wrong for them. Well, I guess that leaves me, and I am I'm on the Red Wings. I already bet them on open. Um, Leboff, you said that hey, this, the pricing here is pretty much equal teams on neutral ice. I think that is blasphemy when you talk about the goaltending difference in these two teams. Lion has been. Hot as a pistol. Nick, you said it. And Ottawa has just been such a mess in net. I I, I seriously like in a in a season where all we talk about is goaltending, I am so much happier to put my money on a team that's had better goaltending for the last, you know, month and a half, two months. Like it is it, it, Ottawa, I, I just I can't get there. Lebov, even if you tell me they're even, like I, I do believe you. I believe the rosters are are pretty even. The goal, I'm not betting on this Ottawa team getting sunk by goaltending. Like I, I just no chance. And I like it enough to go the other way and, and say, yeah, Detroit, big time goaltender edge. Yeah, and it's funny. I I feel like you grow weary to these super chalky overs where you're looking at it and it's like, how is this not gonna hit? Like I feel like those ones are always seemingly like something you kind of get burned on. But it's been dating back to that. I think it was a it was a Tuesday game, the one versus Colorado that ended seven four, and we had the <laughs> over as one of the picks in that. And I've been thinking this since then. I'm like, how did this how does this team ever open at six and a half or or anything close to it? And since then, they had the game versus the Jets, game versus Montreal, and the Bruins. So I guess they've been trending a little lower than I expected. But I think a lot of that was the teams they're playing. And I think uh, Detroit right now, I I don't see as an under team at all. I think they're kind of due to give up a lot more goals than they have been. Their defensive play still looks pretty mid. So I think Ottawa 
will get theirs offensively here. And then you're just talking about whether or not Detroit can get a few passes, whoever goes in goal for Ottawa. Probably Corpusalo, I think, right? Because he came in and studied the ship for two periods yesterday. Don't matter. No, who does care? Because he was the one who blew it up on Saturday, right? And then you, you start Sogard because of that. And then Sogard gets rinsed in a period last night. And then it's just, it's tough. They ever get that goaltending though, Tim? You know, I'm going to be telling you about how they're 80 to one to lead uh, February in points. Yeah, Nick. And if I had three more inches, I'd be in the show. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Detroit's, uh, like you said, Alex Lyon deserves a ton of credit. They are, they've been outshot. They're 10, three and one uh, in their last 14. They've been outshot by 99 shots uh, in that, <laughs> that, that uh, time period. But Lyon and uh, company are, have posted a 916 uh, and their shooting percentage around 14. So maybe it's a, maybe I'm looking too far into the regression against a team like Ottawa, but uh, that's where I'm going. Uh, it's right. a concern. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I mean, yeah, it, no, I, I think Detroit slowly will start coming back down to earth, but they're playing the Ottawa Senators on, on Wednesday night. So I would, I think the way I would summarize it is Ottawa is again an underdog in a, in a game where I think a lot of people would expect them to carry more of the play, which is insane, but it feels like we're saying that every single time. And, I mean, it hasn't it hasn't worked out for them so far. And uh, sorry, Dave, but one more thing. You said that uh, you can just see it see it now that like Ottawa gets one more win before the All Star break, and all of a sudden it's like, what's the path? Like, the what's juice the is path? Falling. Yeah, start uh, flowing. We here's come the back. path, Tim. They need when, to go about twenty five, seven, and four. I've been tracking this, so well, there you I, go. I just want to say, it. I want to say with that Leaf series with Winnipeg um, last week, I was in the shower and we had bet the jets like the first first night of that and i'm in the shower and i'm thinking to myself the leaves aren't gonna crumble here they're gonna crumble two and a half months from now and i was like what what am i thinking being on the jets like the leaves are gonna answer the questions going into the break and then i'm like you know what a moron i am they string you on longer than that they don't hey who won them. a series last year tim was it the leafs or the jets i think it was the leafs so i think uh, a lot of people kind of have that back words right now but i'll just throw that out there uh right enough of nick's leaves i i've moved my <laughs> office my my daughter has taken over my the old room that i was in and, and i have two ottawa senators jerseys in this room you can't see them but there's a patrick laleem jersey in that closet that i'm pointing to over my my right left shoulder and then there's an ottawa senator's jersey in this like little cubby thing over there um a white one and so if they if we start going towards 27 25 7 and 4 i'll 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 be breaking those out. Um, Hamburglar. Get the Hamburglar. Yeah, I'll get the Hamburglar next. Next uh, up, uh team we're going to talk a lot about in uh, the second half of the show where we go through the Western Conference uh, futures and reset the West. Uh, the Los Angeles Kings are a slight road favorite in Nashville. Uh, the Kings are minus 118. Preds minus 102. Total here is six. And I don't think we need to get too far into like the stats with the uh, what's going the streak with the Kings and whatever. It does feel like this could be win or lose Todd McCullen's last game. Um, I actually wish that there was a prop of uh, will Jay Woodcroft be coaching the Los Angeles Kings first game back from the all-star break. Cause that is my, that is my prediction here. Um, it's a must. I think it's as close to a must win game as you could get at this point in the season for, for LA. Like it's the team that they're going to be battling tooth and nail with in, in the playoff race, at least for the next little bit. And they've lost a hundred games in a row or whatever it is, 14 out of 16 and have conceded such a huge lead in the playoff race. Everybody hates everybody in that room. It seems like 
And the Predators feel like the team you just don't want to face in this kind of situation because they are just a dogged, hardworking team. They can score. They get good goaltending from Saros. On you know, you should expect it. They should have a huge goaltending edge here. I don't. I don't have a a play here. I, I was looking maybe to think a buy low spot on LA and back them. I think the one bet I could be talked into is this game going past regulation. Nick. Yeah, I for me, I still look at this and it's just so hard for me to like except that the Kings are this close to the Preds. Like, it seems so crazy, and I, I look at them as being such a well-rounded team. But the reason I don't quite want to get there on the Kings is I do think their play is taking a bit of a step back compared to early in the losing streak, where I really think they were just running unlucky. And I don't think we have any confirmation that Talbot turns it around. Like, that for me is the big question with the Kings that I don't think we have an answer to, is like, what, what do we know that proves Talbot's actually a legitimately good starting goalie right now. I don't think that we do know it. So I think the popular play on this one that I probably will like, I passed on it on Monday and I was kicking myself, is Saros to go over his save prop. I think that'd be kind of the way I'd target the Kings getting there. Uh, you know, they're going to be urgent. They're going to control more of the game, I think. But I don't really want to bet into that. I don't think we're getting quite the number. I've been burned on that a lot lately with LA. So I think that'd be kind of the one way I'd be looking at this. And I'm right with you. Is this McClellan's last game? I think it'll be fun if they shake things up over the break and and just see if they kind of can get the momentum turned with the new coach. It's a classic situation where the co- it's not the coach's fault, I don't think at all. Uh, and he probably is almost like the right guy for the job. But in, in a situation like where you, you get outshot like 21 21- three in the first period and your goalie plays really well but gives up three goals and then the coach pulls the goalie and just puts another one in to try to spark the team be like you did this that's what it feels like but um i do think that if they do make the move it'll end up being jay woodcroft because it's just the way that the the senate uh the oilers and the kings have met in the playoffs and it would be funny and yeah um fun so Woodcroft's case is not bad yeah it's too, great i mean right? i would like, he I, did a pretty good job before, I think. before lou you know grabbed patrick Waugh from the clouds like if the, you Ask me who I would want the next Islanders head coach to be. It would have been Jay Woodcroft. Um, Tim, what do you think on Kings and, and Preds? Uh, I bet the Kings already. Okay. I, I hate it. I I mean, I'm I'm going one more time. Like it, it's, I, I, we should just, um you know, cut the beginning part of the episode when I'm like, there's a clear goaltending advantage for the Red Wings. That's why I'm betting them. That's not the case with LA <laughs> at all, but I guess we bet things for different reasons. Um, I just believe that they're going to get it right. I, I, I just, I can't, I can't understand what I think has really been, um, the problem. And, and Nick, you alluded to this is that the beginning part of the losing streak felt like some bad luck overtime shootouts, but now it seems like every game, um, has been a different reason why they're losing. It's like in baseball when it's like, oh, we finally get pitching and then we can't hit. We're finally hitting and then we can't get pitching. Like it has been so many different things. And I just think the the clock, the broken clock's gonna be right twice a day. And eventually, like just, you know, only one of those problems is gonna show up and the rest of them will be okay. Like I, I just I can't get here on the, the roster is just too, too good to be like this. And and they whether they are this bad or they're as good as they were in the beginning of the season, even somewhere in the middle still makes this like a play on the Kings for me. If you look um, earlier this season, Nashville, yeah, a couple weeks ago, Nashville played at LA 
both teams were, were pretty even on rest advantage. And the Kings were minus 144 favorites. Nashville plus 126 dog. Nashville wins two to one. Now we go to Nashville and Kings are, you know, I think I got them at like minus 113, something like that. It's 115 ish. Like, I just still think the Kings. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. And the one thing I would say that this would classify, in my opinion, is this is a, a road spot where I wouldn't give the traditional value to that because I think that um, if you're the Kings here, you can find a way to play a really competitive effort on the road. Like I've said, I think that it, the road thing, a lot of the time I think has to do with the travel situation and has to do if it's kind of a letdown spot. And I think the ultimate thing that ties together that point, not just being like, like a trust me bro opinion is uh, that when we get into the playoffs and those situations are out the window and teams are always, always ready to go, Home ice advantage gets overrated significantly. If you look at like the last five years, teams really aren't winning many more games at home um, than they are on the road in the playoffs. So I think that's kind of an interesting note. I think that kind of applies here where you have to think the Kings can get their, get it together and bring a good effort in Nashville for this one. And a whopper to close out uh, the first half of the regular season. It's San Jose. It's Anaheim. The Ducks are a minus 180 favorite. The Sharks are on the second half of a back-to-back. They are playing Tuesday night. We're recording this Tuesday afternoon. San Jose plus 150, total of six. I, I mean, I would play the Sharks if I had to play this game, but I really, I don't have to. That's the beauty of it. So, uh, <laughs> Nick, what do you think? I like, uh, I think I could be talked into some Troy Terry props if they're not too juiced from where they've been. I really think he's going to get going. He's playing really well. So I think maybe point or over two and a half shots that'd be my favorite look you get the good spot versus uh san jose but i yeah i mean i don't really have uh much here either and it's the um it's the traveling back to back too right of uh you know hey california is a bigger state than you think san jose down to anaheim um talk about two teams that just want to get to the break that's you know really why i i'm struggling to find an edge right like if i had to play it Leave off, I'm with you. Like the Sharks are closer to Anaheim than this, I kind of think. But I don't really know what we're going to get here with two teams that have one foot in Cabo and uh, one foot in Southern California here. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see all the Sharks players enjoying their their well-deserved breaks and, and wherever <laughs> they go golfing and, and all of that. I thought they had like seven All-Stars, you know, if you ask me. <laughs> Who is their All-Star? Hurdle? Gotta be. It's got to be Hurdle. It Mario should be. Javier, from just like two he's games. gonna have to hit us. Javier, up. it's him. Yeah. Javier Jose, yeah, <laughs> that is send a fan. Yeah, it's the, the all star. The, the the Sharks all stars are the fans that we've met along the way. Uh, okay, let's reset the Western Conference here, and I think the conversation is a lot more interesting compared to where we are at the East, which is funny because the picture seems a lot clearer in the West, and that's usually the different. Like it's it's usually the opposite. But where the picture gets muddled is uh, at the bottom of the playoff race with a team like Los Angeles. Um, what the hell is going on with the Kings? What's going on now with the Blues getting hot all of a sudden? Uh, the Predators are hanging around. I mean, the Coyotes are still hanging around. Kraken. The Kraken. Yeah. yeah getting Don't hot forget the Kraken. Time. Yeah. Um, I do think that even the we even though we have a very good idea of of who the top six playoff teams are going to be Vancouver, Dallas, Ve- Vegas, 
um, Colorado, Winnipeg, and Edmonton. Although I will say, you know, we talked yesterday about how people talked, uh, said, oh, this season's finally going to be different. Everything's going to change, blah, blah, blah. Do you remember last year Winnipeg was first in the Western Conference right around this time and then they had just a terrible second half and almost missed the playoffs? Like, it's the same exact thing. It's crazy. It's the same exact season happening again. Um, and we still can't win money. And we still can't win money. <laughs> we, know, we know it's going to happen. Uh, Vancouver is 7-1 to win the conference. That makes them the sixth favorite. I do think that that kind of shows you where um, people's heads are at with this team. Um, that to me is in terms of like the conference future board is I don't think it's a playable number at all, but I do think that's just like an interesting note, Nick. But uh, what are your general thoughts here before we kind of drill a little bit into more of the specifics and go into some some team things we're we're thinking here? Yeah, sorry, you had me frozen there for a second because I was just thinking they're seven to one to win the conference. They're nine yeah. to one to win the cup. So yeah, uh, you got a pretty clear pick there because the East is definitely going to send a team with a pulse to the cup final. So um, <laughs> if I had to choose between those two, it would, it would actually be the conference one. Um, but I agree. I think the one team that I want to watch that we've kind of talked about, I look at the Dallas stars right now and that team is just so good. You're talking about their biggest flaw has been that Edinger hasn't played very well. Like that is not a bad situation to be in. And I know he, he really wasn't that great in the playoffs last season either, but Oh, like their AHL team is absolutely stacked. They have two players that could come up and make a huge difference. And then you're already talking, they have three forward lines that are all dominating. Now they're playing Thomas Harley more minutes. Like I, I, I'm higher on the stars than ever. So that's kind of the one I want to watch. I think it's, we've said it, like even since last week, they have dropped. I think people are kind of piecing this together that they really look good. I think they're more well-rounded team than anyone else in the central. So that's the one I kind of watch. And then odds aside, I'd like to hear what you guys have to think. I don't think the Blues get in. I'll admittedly look dumb if I'm wrong, but I think they're fraudulent. I think this win streak has been lucky. I don't think they follow it up. So who knows? I, I think as much as I like what the Preds have done, it's the Kraken for me. Odds aside, if I had to pick one, I think the Kraken are the most well-rounded team. And then maybe the Preds still sell Saros too. That's the other interesting thing where like the Kraken, you could argue, are almost... I don't know if I want to say they'd be buyers, but if they did buy, I wouldn't think it was idiotic at all. Do you know what I mean? They're pretty well stocked in terms of prospects. Um, we'll see. So I, I I like the Kraken and I like the Stars are kind of the two angles that I'm a little still stock on. Obviously not changing my, my mind on the Oilers, but you know, since when I was pumping that up, there's the outright favor. They're seven to one to win the cup now. So that changed even quicker than I think we ever would have expected. Yeah. And uh, on the Kraken, like I, I kind of agree with you there, Nick, whoever, if Vancouver keeps this top spot in the Pacific, then the second wild in the top spot in the West, this second wild card team, like you're getting a Vancouver team in the first round that, you know, hasn't played in the playoffs since I was like five years old. Like, you know, there's in a team that we like, Oh, they're kind of overachieving. Like are they like, you know, not, not, I'm not calling them frauds, but it's like a, it's not like you're running into Colorado or, or Edmonton or, or Dallas, like kind of teams that have had deep runs. Like I think it's then you have a legitimate shot there um, to be interested in buying. Leboff, uh, you said, yeah, it's, this is a, a wild card race. And I read a funny line in the Athletic today that was like, to call this a race is uh, you know <laughs> means that they're going forward. This is a race because teams keep uh, keep dropping and uh, stubbing their toes. It's um, race is a kind word here. It's. It's just very, I kind of agree with you, Nick, on, on the blues. I'm, 
but I've been like a I've been like a boat on the on the uh, on the blues. You know, when you turn a boat, it's like you turn it and it's delayed. I keep like I keep on being <laughs> like yeah, the blues. I'm like they're gonna be good now, um, wrong. They're gonna be bad now, wrong. Like it just I keep being so uh, a late reaction to what this blues team is. I, I tend to agree with you on Seattle. The real thing is. What what happens to LA? Where where the hell do they end up? They're still big minus money favorites to make the playoffs, which is, you know, I, I I'm buying on them tonight, but I don't know. It's I wouldn't, yeah, I would never bet that. But it for me, it just feels so hard to envision them actually blowing it. Like, I still like the roster and the the teams pushing to take their spot. Like, come on, if you blow this to any of those teams, it'd just be. Um, and they're about to get shocking. a new coach bounce. They're about we got to yeah. that. Like they're days away from getting a new coach bounce, right? Uh, the the thing that's killing me about the Kings is I've been, you know, waking up every morning thinking, okay, maybe the the numbers are going to start drifting to a place where we can really get talked into some you know big picture uh, by low spots like on conference outrights or Stanley Cup or whatever. But they're not. They're so, like I said, the, the, the Canucks are as high as 8-1 to one to win the conference. I'm, I'm looking here. Like, the, the numbers, of course, vary uh, depending on the book you look at. But you can find them as high as 8-1. Eight, eight to one. I would say six, like 650-7 to seven is, is probably the consensus if you averaged out uh, what you're looking at. The Kings are right there. They're like 7 plus 750, 9-1. It's really not a difference, an actionable difference. Uh in terms of making the playoffs, like like you said, Tim, it's going to just come down to who times their streaks correctly. I think the Kraken are probably the team that looks like the most likely to do that. But it because of the way this race is setting up, uh, and, and all of these teams, all of them have potential to lose six games in the blink of an eye in, a, in regulation in a row, like it keeps Calgary and Minnesota in, interested, interesting, I should say. Um in in the the make miss market that I don't think that the the numbers are good enough but yeah it's uh it's wild it's, it's it's the Kings dropping has just made this so much more interesting um than we thought it was going to be when the the question uh about a month and a half ago was just will the Oilers get hot enough to to put some real pressure on on teams above the wild card race and turns out they did Real quick, let me just ask, because um, if you rewind all the way back to the beginning of this season, you, you guys, you know, kind of enlightened me that, hey, a lot of these futures markets, for example, will be kind of late to the party on adjusting their numbers. Like this team can get really hot and like, you know, you don't have to, you can wait a little bit. You can still get a good price. LA, you're telling me, Leboff, that the bookmakers are basically saying LA still you know, they still think very highly of the Kings. Is this the bookmakers being delayed to the Kings demise? Or is this the bookmakers making a statement saying, no, 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 this team is really good. This is not a, like a, we're late to the party situation. I think, I think it's a, a mixture of both those things. Plus the fact that they probably took a ton of LA money when they were, when yeah, they that's were hot. What I was going to say, you know, Maybe they, one of those people. Yeah. They got high the LA and, liability and yeah. the, the way they're playing. Um, I do want to bring up one future uh, in the Western Conference that I like, and it's going to sound funny if you've been listening to us since the beginning of uh, the regular season. Uh, you know that Tim, and then he convinced me to do it, uh, bet Jack Campbell to win the Vezina. 
the thinking being if the Oilers are historically good, which they had potential to be, like a Linus Allmark situation where he just racks up so many wins, it's impossible to uh, ignore. Stuart Skinner is 100 to 1 at uh, some places. He's I'm seeing a 60, a 100, and a 75. I don't think that those numbers are bad at all. Like, I would play Stuart Skinner at 100 to 1 right now to win the best in the Knicks. Yeah, I actually will agree with that. I think 100 to 1, it's playable. Obviously, you have to factor in that he's dug a huge hole compared to Hellebuck and Demko. But, and I, I mean, I guess Swayman too. The, the thing with Swayman that I think is always tough is that Allmark is such a damn good backup that his case is always going to get hurt by playing 10 less games than, or more than any other competent starter. But I agree that that's just a little too long. If you're getting 100 to 1, that'd probably be the kind of a number I'd want as like a fun punt. And then when you get closer down to 50 to one, I'd, I'd say no. Um, especially because like, like we always say, you want a goalie who's the clear cut number one and you want a goalie who's on a good team that defends well. And the Oilers, as much as it still seems to be shocking to some people are actually a really good defensive team right now. Yeah. I think their numbers will take a bit of a hit when they get into a tougher schedule here, but this is still a way better than average defensive team. So Skinner's going to be in a good situation to so, help make up. Thirty-four. He's played thirty-four games, um, and he's at a nine-ten right now. And of of course, like it's it's very possible that these numbers come down a bit when the Oilers slow down. But uh, everything's checking out for him. Uh, and and you look at last year in fifty games, his his save percentage was nine thirteen. So his career save percentage in almost a hundred games in the NHL ninety eight is is nine twelve. So he's he is shown to be a a good NHL goalie. So it's not like this is just some fluky run for him personally. It it has a lot to do with how the team's playing. Um, And for the good news for you, Tim is if, if you bet Skinner, you kind of cover your bases here. Like you'll have, you'll, we'll just have to throw in a Calvin Pickard. We'll, we'll request the bet on Calvin Pickard, throw him up there. And all of a sudden you're, you got all the Oilers goalies covered. What's the name of the guy in Bakersfield who was, who was playing really well. You can Rodrigue. You can get Rodrigue on the board as well, and, and we can have all four Oilers, NHL and AHL goalies in our pocket um, by the time we get back from the All-Star break. Campbell's yeah, also reality- on a heater in Bakersfield, by the way. I know, look out. <laughs> Watch I out. saw that. Yeah, and the the reality of these awards is, is, I mean, first off, you'd obviously rather, there's a little bit of recency bias. You you know, all things being equal, if if uh, Skinner managed to finish with identical numbers to Hellebuck, which is a huge if now, don't get me wrong, but we're talking about 100 to 1 here then um, I would much rather have the guy who came in with a huge back half than the guy who dominated in the first third with how these votes uh, typically have gone. And then the other factor um, that we know means nothing to nothing and is uh, how good your team is. You could have like all the Bruins' best defensive players mixed with Carolina and their coach, you know, Rod's head coach, whatever you want to come up with, make a defensive super team. The Raiders won't care about that. It always just comes down to team stats. And if you look at it, it's it's true based off where these teams have finished. And like, especially some of the ones where both goalies just completely dominate, like something like the Jets this year with Bersois. So I don't think there's any world where the Raiders are like, oh, the Oilers were actually too good defensively. So we got to knock Skinner right. for that. So I think that's uh, kind of a factor as well. Leboff, what a surprise that was. I just had the wrong guy. I just had the wrong <laughs> As one. Our friend of the podcast and personal friend of mine, Mike Francesa, would say. 
right church, wrong pew. <laughs> Look, uh, I told you it was going to be an Edmonton goal. Oh, yeah. The goaltender from Edmonton. I told you. Yep. Oh. Shame of it. Uh, so good. All right. So that'll wrap up uh, us for the the first half as well. Nick, did you want to talk about the uh, February outright board? Yeah, let's do it. I think the two that I like there, I'll throw uh, Robertson top goal score 80 to one out there again. Jason the or Nick? Let's, let's be specific. Because <laughs> all of a sudden, yeah. here comes good Nick call. Robertson, everybody. I mean, he is scoring at a ridiculous rate um, when he gets ice time, which anyways, uh, I like Jason Robertson on his new line, which is just crippling people right now to score the most goals in February. I think there's a world. He was one of the top goal scorers last year, and he just hasn't quite shot at the same rate this year. So I like that targeting a really good line on a team with 13 games. And then, uh, sorry, I'm just trying to pull up the prices here. I don't know if they took them down, but I think I have to throw out there, like we mentioned earlier, if you like the sense, I think there's a lot worse than Stop 80 to it. one, 80 to one to win the most points in February. Yeah. And I would much rather bet this than to make playoffs, which I have seen people discussing consistently. Like, what are we, are we taking the sense now? It, I think that has gotten some talk on uh, the, on Twitter the Sens have a great schedule and they have 12 games. So they're they're right there. And the, one of their tougher games is Toronto, the first game back. But they played Toronto pretty well and that's the first game back. So I think that can go any way. It, you know, and then they have three extremely soft games, which I like because maybe you can try to get a goalie going, you know. Um, I'll always yeah. carve the path out for this team. It'll probably end up looking idiotic. But I think that nah. one is decent, especially some of the favorites in that one. Like I think the stars and hurricanes are going to have really good months and I don't mind them. They both got a lot of games. They also play each other twice. So that's also mm. something worth considering. Um, yeah. So I'm not proud of it and we'll probably just, you know, pretend it didn't happen if it doesn't go my way. But I think uh, that, that I don't is see how it doesn't go point. your way. Yeah. This is, I don't, this should be minus money. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. I'm, and yeah. then you look to the last point we'll throw out there. We talk about how it doesn't matter with the sins because it doesn't, but they've actually played a fairly tough schedule uh, in the back half of January and their expected goals rating. And it's, it's more than just the expected goals. I think if you've watched the team, you can see. And I, I know this point kind of works both ways. I've watched too much of the team. Win. That's the problem. I know, and how good do they look? Every game, <laughs> there's a point where you're like, how are they not winning this game by five? Like, they're playing the Jets, and they just dominate them, oh. losing OT. Playing the Bruins, same story. Um, I don't know. I, I think it, it's a way better way to target the Sens than anything else out there. I'll, yeah, I'll I think that's that. a great way to look at it, is that if if you are, if you do think that this team can do what they do every year and, and have, like, a hot streak in the dead of winter to make themselves six points behind the playoff cut line with four games to go instead of where they are now, then this is a, this is, this is a bet made tailor made for you. So that's Ottawa to have the most points in February at 80 to one Robertson, 80 to one to lead the league in February and lead the league in goals in February at 80 to one. Both are, I think at fan duels, so the hundred to one on Skinner um, was at bet river. So if you want to um, get in on that with us, those are three oh. nice long shots to go into the all-star break with. And, um, Maybe change your the outlook of how you're going to be rooting for who you'll be rooting for in in, in the second half. One more thing, Lee Bob. That just thinking about Skinner here, letting it marinate a bit. I think it was 32 thoughts on Monday. They he's the said, team Canada goalie. He's the team Canada. Goalie. <laughs> oh my god! I know. <laughs> no, that, that, if I have to hear that conversation. I, I once can't. a week we have to have this conversation. There's no tournament. 
coming. And for it's not for a year. But this that is a conversation yeah. your country, Nick, needs so much help with this it's, stuff. And you know what? It's Canada ridiculous. Team. People here have cried nonstop about what's wrong with our goaltending development and stuff like that. We have like six guys that look good right now. We can't pick between them. They don't look as good as like the US's goalies, but like it's not an epidemic here. Like we've got the epidemic. The, the cup winner who's dominating this year in Hill and Skinner looks really good. It's and you know, Montembeau, there's there's options. Montembeau. It's anyways. And the, the US the last goalie is going to be quick. The US, you yeah, know. the US goalie will be quick. And the Russians, <laughs> yeah, the US will goalies have, are stacked. Not, Don't get US, me wrong. Russia's not allowed in anything, and they have had like eight great goalies. So, Belibov, that that means the writers gave us a, I know. a snapshot I know. of what they think of Stuart Skinner. I know. Trust me. We that was sorry. I was walking my one. dog when I was when I was thinking about this, and that's what I was listening to. I'm going to throw one more punt out there too. Uh, Thompson is 200 to one to lead the month in scoring and the Sabres have 12 games. And I think that is a really good number. I think, like I said, if we had uh, Nick Giffen break down this market, I think that mathematically these would all not look great. So you're, you're coming at it with that kind of a thing, but Cage at 200, he's playing a lot better. Sabres have 12 games. He's as good a goal scorer as really anyone except for the guys that are way, way up this board. So that's the other one I like. Perfect. All right. Great way to send everyone into the all-star break. We'll be back on Tuesday when the NHL starts turning its lights back on until then. I enjoy the all-star game if you can, or whatever else you want to watch. It's fine by me Uh, for Nick and Tim. I'm Mike. Uh, Best of luck with all your bets. Hopefully uh, by the end of the month, we're, we're sweating out some, some serious long shots here. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.